That's all right. At least we caught it, didn't we? Other thing is, next Sunday's Mother's Day. Come on, men, honor your mother, honor your wives. Come on, we, we just honor all women next Sunday, but I need a favor. We're going to have the gravel in the back striped. If you can drop your wife off at the door like a limousine driver and then park on the gravel, that'd be awesome. Because last Easter, Easter two or three weeks ago, we ran out of parking and people drove through and went home. That's what happens. If you're 75% full in your parking, people kind of get frustrated. Isn't that sad? If it's even in here, if we get full in here, people are like, oh, I can't find a seat. I don't want to come back. I'm going to go to that little, you know, you know, and you know, people get mad. So, you know, over little things that you do, they do at Walmart, they do. But you know what? That's the enemy, didn't it? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's what we're talking about today. So do me a favor and drop off, park in the gravel. You can park in there every Sunday. We're going to have the grass mowed for you and everything. Anyway, let's dig in. We're talking about victory over our enemy, and I am not to go into a whole lot of detail about the enemy. We're going to talk about his effects a little bit, but I will say that he's a liar, okay? Uh, he's Beelzebub. He's a liar. He's a, the father of lies. He invented lies. Listen to me. If the devil, he's not a creator, but if he uh, uh, perverts something or twists it, know that there's a truth. If he's a liar, Jesus is the truth. God is the truth. God's Word is, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word is Jesus, and Jesus is truth. So let me say this. Jesus is perfect doctrine. Don't go to the Old Testament and look for your doctrine. Look at Jesus. He came to set the matter straight. He also died on the cross. He's the Savior of the world, and he set things straight. We look to Jesus. He's the author and finisher of our faith. Not Moses, not Paul, not anybody else. Jesus. Man, I'm just saying that because people want to go and look at the law in the Old Testament, and it was perfect. But just like I didn't get that scripture, because I, I use so many scriptures and try to uh, get rid of some so we can get out of here so you can make it to McDonald's on time. I know, nobody, uh, okay. But hear me, the Word of God is the truth, and we need to look to Jesus. He's the Son of God. His doctrine is correct. His way of life. People want to hold on to different things, but we're always going to look at Jesus. And I'm not challenging some of your thinking today. That's because the, the good news, the gospel demands a response from you. Because a lot of times I say something and it goes right over your head and right out the door. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass out catcher's mitts one day, a golf ball glove, so you catch that. Did you catch that? You know, bring your glove. Oh, I got that one, Pastor. Because there are some things that you need to know what God is saying because it affects your life. What you don't know will hurt you. What you don't know, you know, I, I tell the story, they were giving away seven $100 bills at, at this brand new Walmart, and I'm driving down the road, and I'm listening to the news trying to keep up with stuff, and I'm driving in my car. I, I worked out of my car as a salesman, and I'm like, hey, I'm going over there. I'm going to give me one of those $100 bills. And I'm driving over there, and they're trying to interview people. If he said, they said, if you'll come talk on the, on the radio, on air, and I was the guy, they stuck me on air, TV, radio for our company, and I said, I'm going to go over there, I'll say something on the air, and they couldn't get anybody to talk. This man come walking, sir, sir, would you come talk to us just for a minute? No, leave me alone. I'm like, they're trying to give you money. Take the money. I'm yelling at the radio driving down the road. Y'all know how we do. We talk to our cars. We talk to trees, plants, dogs, cats. Maybe your spouse, and they don't listen, but you're still talking. <laughs> Just kidding. 
And I had to make a, they called me and I had to go somewhere else. I didn't get the $100 bill, but they were giving them away. But people didn't know. What you don't know will keep you from a blessing. So we're going to talk a little bit about knowledge too. So let's go to number one. Victory was lost to Satan. So I'm going to give you a real quick history lesson. Are you ready? Everything you need to know is found in Genesis. And then you go to Revelation, everything in between. But I love Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read John if you're a new Christian and you want to understand some things, read the book of John. But check this out. We're going to start in Genesis 126. And God said, 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 and God created, and God said, and he created. But look what he said. And God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and the sky and over the cattle and all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. You got, you're supposed to be over creeps, okay? Now, let's look just a minute. We're made in the image of God. I'm going to give you a real quick lesson. You have three parts. You're looking at my body. I have a body. I have a solical man, a mind, and I have a spirit. And you will recognize me in heaven even though I will not have a body until I get the new body. But if I pass away tomorrow, next week, or whatever, when you get to heaven and I don't have a body, you'll see my spirit and you'll know me. You'll know me. You will know each other. And so my point is you have a spirit. Your spirit man can retain knowledge, but so, can, but so does your solical man. Two times two is four, just in case you didn't make it through anyway second grade. Two times two, that comes out of your solical man. See how easy that is? How about your memory? Remember your, do you remember your first bicycle? Yeah, that's in your solical man. So your body's your slave, your soul is your servant, and your spirit is supposed to be king. How do you get your spirit to be king? You feed it the word of God. You feed your spirit man the word of God and you make your mind, make your mind because it wants to watch TV and you make your mind hear the word. How many of y'all drill two times two is four, two times three is six, two times, huh? Y'all drilled and drilled and drilled and they made you. And like, ah, I'm sick of these timetables. Hmm? And then they taught you to spell and they went over it and over it and over it and over it and over it. C-A-T. D-O-G. Every good boy does fine. Let's go to the music world. That's the scale. All cows eat grass. There's another one. You drill, drill, drill. How many of you, I'm getting ahead of myself, but how many of you drilling yourself on peace? How many of you making your mind? What did you, what, give me a scripture on peace. And if you can't give me one, you're in trouble. You're going to lose your peace. You ought to be skilled in peace. Skilled in healing, skilled in salvation, skilled, a workman, studying to know who they are. Because the enemy is after your salvation. Well, he can't take my salvation. No, but he can make it where you're having a, your life is ugly. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. There are many Christians that have been defeated by the devil because they didn't know who they were or what they had or how to obtain things. So, so let's, let's look. And so next verse, so God created man in his own image. And he created him, male and female. Male and female is man. 
Let's get it. You know, female just as much man as male is. And he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Remember about two weeks ago, I said, we're going to talk about dominion. Today's the day. Did anybody take dominion over their grass today and cut it this past week? Did anybody take dominion over their house? Now, I've had my three, three grandsons, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and their trays are still right in front of the TV where they ate cereal. Cereal bowls have been washed, but the trays are still there. I hadn't taken dominion over those trays. You see what I'm talking about? That's in the physical. What are you taking control of or authority of in the spiritual? That's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. And so he said, subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and everything that moves on the earth. So who's in charge of the earth? Men. Man. Well, if God's such a good God, why don't he do something? Because man's in control. He gave it to man. Well, why don't he take it back? God's not a, he's not the U.S. government. He's not an Indian giver. They gave the Indians land, and then they took it back. And they moved them to another place and gave them land, and they took it back. And they moved them to another place and gave them land and took it back. God does not take it back. He's a man. He's the God of his word. He's not a liar. And he gave it to man for a season. And when Jesus hits, comes back in the earth, he's, Jesus is going to take it back. When he descends down in Jerusalem and lands on the Mount of Olives, it's his. He's the king, babe. He is coming to rule. And we're going to rule with him. Hey, we're going to have fun. He's going to make the earth like it's supposed to be, but it's not that way now. Romans 8 says the whole earth groans and travails, waiting for the sons and daughters of God to be who they're called to be. We need to start now. Woo. So, and just on a side note, in Genesis 2.15, listen to what it says. And the Lord God took man and put him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and to tend it. We think they just walked through the garden. Oh, look at that apple. I'm, and they didn't do anything. They had to cultivate and tend the garden. Huh? There was only two of them. You think they could eat all the apples? They had to get rid of some apples. They had to do something. You know, they had to cultivate this, that's where work started. You know, like we don't, that's a cuss word in church, you know, work. Ministry is spelled W-O-R-K, in case you didn't know. In Genesis 3.1, let's look. This is where the devil shows up. Okay? The, only, the first, do you know what's the, uh, the oldest book in the Bible past this one? is Job. Job dealt with the devil. Nobody knew much about the devil. They still don't. That's why you see him on TV. And guess what? The devil don't have horns. He doesn't drag a tail. He doesn't carry a pitchfork. He's not three-toed. He's not red. Anything you see, that's not the devil. The devil's more likely to have blue eyes and blue jeans. Okay? I'm just saying. He uses people. And so we're going to look in the garden. The serpent, the snake could talk. Anybody ever heard a bird talk? Anybody, you know, there's all kinds of birds can talk. Well, a serpent could talk at this time. And so let's dig into it. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, indeed, has God said, here it is, here it is, has God said. Now, I've had Christians tell me, well, the Lord said, and the Lord didn't more say that than the man in the moon. But you know what? He's starting to twist things as God said. And he said to the woman, 
Indeed, has God said, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden. Any tree? And the woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the trees of the garden, we may eat. So see, he still slips in and starts talking conversation. You ever had a conversation in your head? Hmm? Got to be careful. Where is that conversation coming from? And so, but from the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat or touch it or you will die. Now, God didn't say you couldn't touch it. He said, don't eat it. Okay, next verse. Verse, uh, verse 4. And the serpent said to the woman, you certainly will not die, for God knows that on the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will become like God, knowing good from evil. Now, at this point, they only knew good. And guess what? They were already just like God. That's why I read it. Let us make man in our image and our likeness. They were just like God. Already. You know the devil tried to talk you out of the things of God? Well, it won't work for you. He told me that. Ah, that's a scripture that, boy, that, uh, it's not for today. Have you ever heard that? Oh, well, you know, that was a, that was a promise for, for them, or that was for the apostles, or that was for this. And they start twisting the word of God. And they, then they want to make it dogma, which is uh, an opinion that you can't be moved from it. This is it. You, gotta, you judge everything by the Word of God. I don't care if Grandma said it, Grandpa said it, your favorite te- uh, preacher on TV or whoever, what denomination, we live by the Word of God. Amen. And we look at the Word to be our source and our life, okay? And so, so as they looked, uh, he said, you will become like God, knowing good and evil. Well, they didn't need to know evil. They were already like God, but he's, he's, he's talking them out, isn't he? When the woman saw the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took the fruit and ate. Notice there's three things there, and we're not going to get into those, but that's where you're tempted. Your eye gate, knowledge, understanding, all these things. And look what it says. Adam wasn't overplowing. Adam's standing right there. Can't blame Eve. Adam's right there. The Bible says Jesus was the second Adam. Everything Jesus could do, Adam could do. Remember Jesus cursed the fig tree and it died? He'd say, shut up, snake. You don't ever talk again. It probably would have died. But he didn't take his authority. He leaned in, listened to the temptation, started thinking about it. Whoa, looks good too. Oh, Eve ate it. She didn't die. Give me a bite of that, woman. Huh? So, temptation comes, and she gave it to him, and they both ate. Now, why did God just even put the tree in there? Because here's the thing. God gives us his word to live by, and and obedience is the way to live. God's ways are better. You know, I always say, what does the Word say? It's the five greatest words and the ten worst. I just want to do what I want to do. You're in trouble. So we have got to live by the Word, and we've got to know Satan's coming. Remember last Sunday we talked about in Mark 4 uh, um, that Jesus was tempted. Satan said, you know, hey, if you're hungry, turn this stone into bread. 
If you, if you look at all these cities, you worship me, I'll give you the power and authority of them. And Jesus said, you didn't have that because he did. See, this is where man fell and Satan took the keys to the kingdom away from him and he became, he's controlling. You see all, you see what's going on in Russia? The devil's behind all that, folks. That's what, that, what we got to learn how to do is Pray. We, that's what, the, and it talks about powers and principalities. You ever go to a city and like, man, this just don't feel good here. This is like weird. That's powers and principalities that are different than what you're used to. I used to wake up, I'd be asleep in the back of the car. We'd be traveling and working or whatever. And I would wake up every time we hit a state line. I'm like, you can tell we're in another state. Where are we at? You definitely tell when you hit Louisiana. Woo-wee. And different parts of it are, are rough. But see, that's, that's, here's the thing. Let's just go ahead and talk about it real quick. You're not just going to be walking along one day and all of a sudden you, like you see on TV and the devil possesses you. That's not the way it works. He tempts you a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. Now, there are cultures that deal with the devil all the time, and they worship him, and they worship different gods, and they do those things, and they make their children susceptible. I can't say it. Susceptible. Their children can become possessed. They can become possessed. Third world countries are, 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 are deal with superstition, and even Christianity is mixed in with superstition in some of these countries. And you can see some crazy stuff you leave these United States. I know preachers that have went and like they came back, I'm not going back, because they saw things. You don't see it in America because we are, were once a strong godly nation. And it was God only. And we are getting away from that. And so now you're seeing crazy stuff on TV and crazy stuff in the streets and crazy stuff. You know, somebody held up a sign in, in the riots last year and said, if Jesus comes back, we'll crucify him again. My, 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 my. My. Woo-wee. So that's what, that's what we're dealing with. When I was a kid, 70% of America, 70% of kids went to church. Now it's this many. 4%, 4%. We got a bunch of kids. Go and ask somebody else, how many kids y'all got? We don't have any. We don't have any. We on purpose are going after kids. We're trying to put Jesus in our children. It is our, it's our mission in life to put, the easiest people to get saved is children. But the devil's after them too. I got a thing in the and an email where they're starting in Greensboro, they're starting a satanic kids club in elementary school. And they're taking one to Christiansburg. Come have fun. Yeah, and they even got the picture of this goat, you know, on two feet and all this crazy stuff. The devil's real. Let's just make it right. But we have power and authority over him, okay? So let's go to number two. Victory was won by Jesus. We preach this every Sunday. Jesus went to the cross and he won victory over your sins, your sickness. He, he rose again. The, oh, he won victory over death, hell, and the grave. The Bible says he took the keys to the kingdom. In John 14, 30, Jesus says that the ruler of this world is coming. He has nothing in, uh, has nothing in him. The question we will explore is what uh, Jesus meant, he has nothing. What, Jesus said, he has nothing in me. I'd love to say the devil has nothing in me, but there's some stuff been put in me as a kid that I have to fight and put down and shut the door on. Yeah. 
kick it out. Get out and shut the door. But there was nothing in Jesus. The devil couldn't find anything in him. That's why he's my champion. That's why he has the victory for me. Hey, hey, you know, you cheer for your basketball team, football team. Hey, we won. You wasn't even on the field. You yelling, we won. Well, guess what? We wasn't there when he was crucified, but we won because we believe. 1 John 3, 8. The one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose. Why did Jesus come? To destroy the works of the devil. Hey. So, so here, what, what somebody said last Sunday that they were reminded of, God's good, devil's bad. So recognize what's going on in your life. Is it good? It's God. If it's bad, it's the devil. Then let's take care of him. Because Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. The things that affect our lives, he, Jesus came and, and gave us victory. But we have to apply the victory. You know, if I, if I fixed you a big table right here, a fried chicken, mashed potatoes, green beans, corn, whatever your favorite food, I'm not going to feed you. You got to come be a partaker. That's what God said in his word. Are you going to be a partaker or are you just going to say, well, that's good, but I don't have it. Then why not? Why not pursue the things of God? Why not go after it? He wants it all, and he wants to give you more. And we have to want the more. We have to go after the more. I want more. And, you know, we sing about revival. Do you really want it? So uh, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Okay? He who knew no sin became sin to destroy the works of the devil, and then he rose again in victory. Amen? He didn't become sin. He didn't have to get saved. He just took the sin of the world and went down and kicked the devil in the teeth. So number three, obedience brings victory. If you're struggling somewhere, find the Word of God and start obeying it. Okay? Look at the Old Testament saints. David messed up when he got in disobedience, cheated on his wife. Samson messed up when he got in disobedience. Samson's just a regular guy. He wasn't built like Hercules. He was a regular guy. But the Spirit of God came upon him in power and might, and he did exploits physically. David did some exploits physically. David's mighty men did some exploits physically. But spiritually, we need to be doing exploits. Spiritually, we need to be doing some things. In, in 2 Peter 1, 2, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. There's knowledge. I'm going to go back to what I said in the beginning. If you don't have peace, go after peace in the Word. Peace, 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 peace. Jesus said, I am the Prince of Peace. Jesus said he gives you peace that passes understanding. Wait a minute. I have the fruit of the Spirit, which is God's personality on the inside of me. Love, joy, peace. I've got peace. Now, wait a minute. Something's blocking my peace. Something's keeping me up at night. Something's making me worry. Something's making me a whole fret. My imagination's running wild, and I'm losing my peace. 
Something's getting bigger than Jesus in your heart. Something spiritual's happening. Sure, something physical could happen. You could be in a car wreck and lose your peace and be sitting there shaking on the side of the road. But I'm talking about little by little, the enemy comes to steal your peace. And when you wake up, man, I haven't slept in three days. What's going on? Recognize you're under attack. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute got the greater one on the inside of me. I got the Prince of Peace on the inside of me. God, when I got saved, he gave me the fruit of the Spirit. I just need to develop this. Let me go after some peace. If you're hungry, you eat chicken. If you need peace, you need to eat peace. Consume it. Be a partaker of it. Go after it. Declare it. So, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. The more you know of God, the more grace and peace you get. That's how it works. And of the Lord Jesus Christ, for his divine power, he has granted to us everything that pertains to life and godliness. If Jesus has given everything that pertains to life and godliness, how come we don't always have it? Because the enemy comes to stop you. Guess what? He don't like you because you look like Jesus. I had a lady say, well, well, I just feel sorry for the devil. I said, ah, wrong answer. You don't feel sorry for the devil. He made his choice, and he did not have a choice to make. He went total rebellious against God. God gave man a choice. We can hit it and miss it. We have choices to make. We can serve God, or we can watch TV all day, and we can just go live in a culvert till we die. We don't have, some people, Christians have moved, well, we're moving in a cave and we're waiting on Jesus to come back. Jesus didn't say do that. He said, go be the light of the world. It's hard being the light when everything's dark, isn't it? It's hard to be salty when everything's sweet and, and, and draws people into sin. See, the opposite of salty is sweetness. You ever thought about that? Ooh, that looks good. Ooh, that's the devil. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So, so the Bible says sin is tempting and it's fun for a season, but the end thereof is death. It'll kill you soon. It'll kill you too soon. You know, there are some things in the Word that are for a reason. They're there for a special purpose, to build you up, to edify you, to give you power. But there are things in the world that comes to squeeze you, as Cody talked about before service, to take God out of you. The enemy, again, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come to give life. There it is, life or destruction. If it's destroying you, then how about quitting it? But how many of you know sugar is just as much addiction, addictive as cocaine or more? There are drugs and things like that. They have hooks. And they, they come after you. But God's given us his word, promises, power, authority. And they're for a special purpose. 
When's the last time you used any of it? I told you, it's, you know, the, the, good, the gospel, it's good news that we have power and authority, but we have to use it. I always use the example, if I gave you a brand new car and you never drove it. Looks good, don't it? Oh, amen, looks real good. Well, put the key in it and crank it up. Whoa, I don't know about that. Come on, it's got air conditioning. It's hot in here. Yeah, amen. I've got some witnesses on the front row. But, but we, have to, we have to be a partaker of it. And let's just read that. Let's go back to 1 Peter 1, 2. It said, grace and peace be multiplied you, to you in the knowledge of God and of, our, uh, of Jesus our Lord. For his di- divine power has granted to us everything that pertains to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Verse 4, through these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may be partakers. You have to be obedient to it, to partake of it, of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in this world on account of lust. Now, lust doesn't always talk about sex. Lust is strong desire for candy, cake. You know, I talked about last Sunday, I'm getting a, I'm getting a dozen donuts for the family. And I ate all 12 because I lusted after them. And then I hid the box. I didn't get all anything. But, you know, you, that's the way people are. We, 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 we are hungry for the wrong things. And we're supposed to be hungry for God. When's the last time you asked God to give you a hunger for him, more of him? Hmm? Ask him, Lord, I want more of you. I want to hunger after you. And, and 1 Peter 2, 9, this is who you are. Y'all ready? But you are a chosen race, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Hey, 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 every Christian is chosen by God, and we are a priest unto God. That means that we can go right up to God and talk to him in the name of Jesus. We're a holy nation. Well, I don't feel very holy, pastor. Then get there. Clean up your thoughts. Clean up that house. Get, those, get, those, get the floor swept up and get holy. Get right. It's up to you. God said you could do it. This is who he's called you to be, a people for God's own possession. You know what? God doesn't need you. He wants you. I always tell it like this. I was sitting at a ball game, and I heard these two women. They talking about their husbands couldn't make it. They, I have to do, I have to wash their clothes. I, they're just pitiful. They can't do this and that and the other. I wash my own clothes. I'm not married to her because she takes care of me. I'm married to her because I want to be married to her. And God wants me to be in his family. He doesn't need me. He's God. But he created a people to be his family. That's you. You're the family of God. And so we're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Put it back up there so we can finish it right quick. A holy nation. So we may what? So we may proclaim the excellence of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. A chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And another translation said to show forth the praises of him. Talk about how good your God is. 
Man, I just, God, you're so good. I thank you, Lord, that you're great and mighty on my behalf. Father, I thank you that you saved me years and years ago, and I still, I'm still so thankful that you saved me. I'm still so thankful that I'm part of your family. You, anybody ever do that other than me? Do you need to start? Because the devil's going to tell you, well, I don't even know if you're saved. You lay down at night. He used to do me that way. I don't know if you're saved. I'm like, oh, Lord, forgive me. I won't be saved. I don't know. I'm like, you know, 10, 12, 13. Man, I finally got it. I'm saved. Hey, I got saved when I was eight. And the devil trying to, you're not saved. You want, why are you trying to serve God? Man, three quarters of your family ain't serving God. They're alcoholics. They're womenizers. Why, why don't you just come on? You ought to be that. Nobody's expecting you to live right. You know, y'all never heard that other than me? Man, the devil's trying to steal my salvation. Not that I wasn't saved, but he's trying to steal my walk with God. By showing, you know what, example, there's examples in the word, but there's also examples in life, and every one of them's not true. Not true for you. I don't care if you're the black sheep of the family or the white sheep or the green sheep. You're, you're God's sheep. That's what you've got to show up, that you, you belong to God. You're not a wolf. You're a sheep. You're in the family of God. Chosen by God. A holy nation. Come on, let's just do it. Let's just do it with me right with. So I'm a chosen generation. Chosen by God. To serve him. I'm his family. He loves me. As much as he loves Jesus. Boy, that's hard to say, isn't it? Well, somebody I went, uh, uh, what? I know he don't love me like Jesus. Yes, he does. What is your worth? What would you pay? My son's trying to buy a car, and he's been calling me going back and forth, buying a car. Oh, this is worth it. Is that worth it? Well, what is it? Will somebody pay for it? God sent his only begotten son to pay for you. You're worth it. Quit saying you're not. You're worth it. He sent his son to pay the price for you. Woo! What is your worth? Man, it's priceless. You can't put a price on what you are to God. Man, that puts a fire in you. Now, now I want to live for him. Now I want to serve him. I want to serve him harder. I want to serve him greater. Let's go to number four. Power and authority. I hope most of y'all, well, you made it, so you took authority over that car. You cranked it up, you put it in drive, and you drove here. You took authority. Do you take authority over your life? Do you take authority? Begin to take authority. In Matthew 16, 19, this is where Peter, Jesus said, who do men say that I am? Some said, you're Elijah. Some said this. Some said that. But Peter said, you're the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. And this is Jesus' response. He goes, you know what? Flesh and bone, flesh and bone, people. You didn't get this from the world. This came from the spirit of God. God has shown you that I'm the Messiah. And he said, because of this, and everyone who sees Jesus as their savior, everybody gets this. You ready? This is something to go on your tool belt. I'm going to wear a tool belt up here one day. And you have a tool belt. 
I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. Now, that ain't even half of the keys that I've got. My uncle's a pastor, and he goes, you know, I'm the janitor because i got all the keys. The janitor has access to every room in the building. But God has given us the keys to the kingdom of God. Jesus came to reveal the kingdom of God. Well, what did the keys have to do anything? If you got a key, you got authority to be there. You have the power to be there. You've been given the keys to the kingdom. And whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you loose on the earth shall be loosed into heaven. Let's stop right now. Where God's at, nothing needs to be bound. The Bible talks about three heavens, so let's discern the word of God right quick. The heaven where God's at, that's, that's the eternal heaven. But where the stars, tonight, when you see the stars, that, the Bible also describes that as the heavens. But this heaven right here is the atmosphere, powers and principalities, demonic rule over a nation like the Ukraine, like Russia, like America, like over the state of Virginia, like over Withville. There are powers and principalities that try to sway people's thinking, try to stop growth. Instead of grabbing on Facebook with Bill Live or whatever it is, pray. Me and Miss Becky got in agreement when I first came here and started believing for jobs. And I said, we need houses too. And we need good jobs. And they're starting to trickle in. They've been trickling in. And we believe in God for jobs in this area. This area needs to grow. There's no excuse to that. We're five hours from half the nation. Five hours from Nashville, five hours from Atlanta, five, almost a five, little over five hours of D.C. Five hours, six hours. We ought to be a hub. This area ought to be blessed. Something's blocking the blessing. And it's not people. They're being used, but it's the enemy. It wants to keep this place in poverty. This area has been in poverty for too long. Do you, can you agree with me? Amen. So we bind the powers and principalities that want to keep this area in poverty. Southwest Virginia will become prosperous in the name of Jesus. Amen. It will prosper and it will be blessed. Amen. Our children will want to stay for the best jobs that are here in the name of Jesus. Come on, it's been a brain drain, they call it. Your kids go to college and they leave. And they don't come back. Look at all the farmhouses you drive around the country. Why would they leave that house? It's nothing left. Because the kids say, I ain't going back to that farm. I'm going to New York. I'm going to Chicago. I'm going somewhere and get a job. I'm tired of cows. They didn't have a vision. And they just let the house go. Well, you know what? They could have got, if we'd had jobs in this area, they would have moved in the house, sold the farm, leased it, whatever, and went and got a great job. Change your thinking. God wants you blessed. These places that are coming are going to need foremans. Well, I ain't never been a foreman. Well, it's time to be. I give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatsoever you bind in the, in the heavens, over cities, over areas, learn to bind the devil. If something bad happens in Withville, a rural retreat, uh, uh, Wyth County, Bland County, Smith County, whatever county you're living in, you bind it in the name of Jesus. No, this is the county of peace right here. This is a county of joy. People love to stay here. I will not be afraid to live in this county in the name of Jesus. We're talking about taking authority now. Well, it looks bad out there, Pastor. Well, what we're going to do, we're going to live for God. And we're going to take authority. And yeah, there's going to be pushback. The devil came at Jesus at least three times. 
But when he cast out a devil, they say, oh, we know who you are. He still had to deal with the devil. Miss Shirley said, I have tackled giants before, and I'll tackle some more before I leave this place. Well, what's your attitude about a giant? I don't know about giants. Let me hide. You can't hide from the devil, and you can't hide from God. Do you know that there were giants in the land when they went to, to, to the promised land? There were giants there. And you know who dealt with them? Caleb. And the Bible doesn't even talk about it. It wasn't a battle. It was 200 years later that David had to deal with a giant. A punk kid. That's what his brothers called him. You punk kid. What are you? Shut up. They picked on their little brother. But he killed the giant. Got off there. He took authority. That's a physical thing, but it's teaching us a spiritual thing that we need to be going after giants. Boy, y'all just sitting there now. If it looks too big and too bad, go after it in the name of Jesus. It's not your power anyway. You're just a representative in the earth. Let's just, I got a little bit real quick. If you're alive and breathing in this room, you have authority in the earth. If you're alive and breathing in this room, you have authority in the earth. Dead people don't have authority. Demons without bodies don't have authority. They have to use somebody with a body to affect the earth. God has to use somebody in, in, with a body to affect the earth. You. Let's try to land this airplane. In Ephesians 1.17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation of the knowledge of him. We're giving out some knowledge today. This is how you pray. You drive through the town you live in, rural retreat, Fort Chiswell, wherever, and you take some authority and use your power. And it says in verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened that you may know the hope of your calling, which are the riches of glory of the inheritance in the saints. You got an inheritance? Are you spending it? Come on, God's giving you an inheritance to spend and to use. And what is the boundless greatness of his power towards us who believe? Did y'all just read that? Did you just hear that? Did you let that go out the door? What is the boundless greatness of his power. His power is boundless and it's great. To us. Well, Pastor, I, I don't feel like I don't, 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 ain't no feeling. No feeling. No, we're not living by feeling. We're living by the word. I feel weak too sometimes, but I'm going to get up and I'm going to push through in the name of Jesus. I'm going to push through. Towards us who believe. Are you a believer? Then power's been given to you, believer. Ain't nobody answered but me and Miss Becky right here. Acts 1.8 says, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Come on. These are in accordance with the working of his, of the strength of his might. I don't feel very good today, but I'm going to walk in his might because I don't feel like, I can't handle it anyway. I am no match for a power of principality, but his power in me is. He's the greater one that lives on the inside of me, and we need to bind the powers and principalities over Washington, D.C. 
instead of quit talking about how bad the Democrats are and the Republicans are and this and that and the other, we're supposed to bind those things. And that righteousness would prevail, that the men of God would rise up. And even the men that don't know God, they would rise up and do what's right. I can give you story after story. I don't have time. Who presidents who didn't fear God or man, but their mama called them on Mother's Day and said, you need to do this. You need to bless Israel. Yes, ma'am. It's the president. Verse 20, which he brought, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. I got to finish this. I could keep going on. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that's named, not only in this age, but the age to come. If you think Washington has power and authority, baloney. God has power and authority. But we're his representatives that bring God. We got to bring God to the scene. And we do it by prayer. Oh, you can march and wave your, your you know, and do all that. But you, if you don't bathe in prayer, in prayer, it just comes to nothing. Everything, we're going to stand in prayer. We're going to pray. I don't have to go to D.C. It's cool to go to D.C. I like D.C., but I can pray right here and change the nation. God has given us that. Verse 21, all right, and, and look, not only in this age, but the age to come. Verse 22, and has put all things in subjection under, under Jesus' feet. Isn't that cool? But wait a minute. And gave him to be head over all things to the church. We're the church, not the building. You're the church. You're the body of Christ, his body, his feet, his hands. And he's given us to be head. We're the head over all things. Well, I didn't know that. It's your authority you need to be using. I'll tell you, I can't stand the government and this and that. I'll pray. Your griping ain't changing anything. It makes you feel worse. Griping doesn't change anything. Complaining doesn't change anything. That umpire is the sorriest umpire, and we get him every time we play. Quit complaining and start praying that God would change his eyesight so he can see those strikes. Come on. This is how we live our life is we pray, and we bind, and we loose, and we, we speak life and not death. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. What's coming out of your mouth? Well, I've been sick all, I've been sick for 23 years. Come on. We, it just runs in our family. Well, break that. Take authority over it. Jesus took authority over fevers. He took authority over blindness. He took authority over leprosy. He took authority over lameness. He took authority over sin. Be forgiven. But guess what? He said, what I do, you'll do, and even greater things. Because you can lead somebody to, to salvation. That's the greatest miracle of all. And you can do that. And if you want to get their attention, if they not want to receive, then pray for them to get healed. Wake them up spiritually. God is real. And he's given us things that pertain to life and godliness. But we don't use them. Got a trailer full of tools and they're not being used. There are gifts and talents and abilities that God has given us to make a change in this life, to make a difference in this world. And we sit on them or we use them for the wrong things or we get attention and we put it on ourselves. 
I wrote something down I want to share real quick. Listen to me. How can you tell if the enemy's eating you up? You're easy to anger. You're critical, cynical. You're distant. You're guarded. You're suspicious. Feel unnoticed. You know, you know where I got all them from? <laughs> bad attitude. I just said, define bad attitude. Devil's bad. God is good. What's a good attitude? Love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, meekness. Come on. And there are bad, when you're in a bad attitude, you're not being used by God. I don't want to shoot somebody, you know? That's not God. Y'all never seen that cartoon, Billy Bears? We have got to learn to discern what's going on in our lives, and let's take authority. So let's pray. I want you to bow your heads and look at your heart real quick. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you can ask him into your heart today, and all these gifts will be given to you. There's, a, there's, there's an impartation in the Spirit that God wants to give you in salvation. And maybe you got saved a long time ago, but when are you going to start using these gifts? When are you going to start using your power and authority? So look at your heart. Are you sure you know Jesus? Let's lock that down. Maybe you got saved a long time ago and you just re rededicate your life to him. I got saints praying for you today. Don't be embarrassed. People are praying for you to give your heart to him fresh and new. If that's you, will you lift your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor Brett. I need Jesus. Is that you? Maybe you're here and you just need to renew your life. I want to give my life to Jesus fresh and new. Is that you? Just wave at me. Nobody's looking around. And I want to challenge you here. We're going to pray, and then I'll challenge you. Say this with me. Say, Father, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he's real, and I want to know him in a deeper way. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus to die for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's the challenge. If you're in here today, and I, I, I can put my hand on you, and you say, well, I don't know about all this stuff. Do you want to if, if, know for real if he's real? Then meet the prayer team over here and let them pray for you. There's an impartation that's real by laying on of hands, and you'll know that God is real. He's real. And you know what? If it's real and it's God, I want to know it. I want it. I want more of him. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about Legacy Church and other resources, visit us online at LegacyFamily.info.